my loves. Welcome back to Inspire Babes Let's Chat Podcast. So today I had a great friend on. His name is Josh. And we just had the best discussion about his life and about how he overcame a lot of self-limiting beliefs when he was younger. And just to see what he's created now in his life is absolutely inspiring. And you know, something that I want you to know about Josh is that he is a author, speaker, an entrepreneur. And when he was in his 20s, he built the third largest insurance agency in Utah for his company. And then in his 30s, he built and sold a million dollar trucking trucking company. And then now, just wait for this, right? This is so freaking badass. He manages and owns over a hundred rental properties in Northern Utah. And he also coaches other real estate investors on how to duplicate his system. And that's, I'm just like, is that seriously? Did that really happen? Like you really did that? It's so cool to see what he's created in his life. Um, and you know, Josh is a single dad and he has four beautiful kids and he just manages his businesses in his hometown. So it's really cool um, just to see what he's creating. And today our discussion was a lot about his story and it's very fascinating just to see how, you know, we're all raised so differently in this world, right? And it's really, it's really inspiring when you see somebody that's come from a very, um, chaotic situation growing up and then turning it into what he's turned into now. Um, it's, it's pretty cool. So you just buckle up, take some notes and, um, here we go. And before we get started, I do want to share with you a little health tip. Now, as you guys have heard me mention on my show before, is that I'm very big into essential oils. And and it's really important for me as a mom to make sure that I'm using things that are safe, they're effective, and they're pure on my kids. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I used to be embarrassed with sharing this, that I've never given any of my kids any form of over-the-counter medicine whatsoever. My oldest, I did one time. But if anything arises, I'm always turning to my essential oils. I have them right at my fingertips, and I'm mixing that with my intuition on a daily. And I'm telling you, I follow my gut. There's a time and a place for everything, right? And there's also a balance. But for me, this is what I've turned to every time, and it works, right? So this healthy starter kit that I have comes with a diffuser and the 10 of the most popular essential oils, okay? The essential oils that it comes with are lavender, lemon, peppermint, tea tree, oregano, frankincense, deep blue, breathe, on guard, and digest zen, and again, a diffuser. Now, if you guys are looking for something to help with sleep, um, detoxing your body, anything to help with head tension, any form of skin issues, your immune system, to help you with meditation and calm the mind, anything to help with sore muscles or joints that are tense, anything to help with your respiratory system or even your immune system to strengthen that. Um, or if you have upset tummies or having a hard time digest your food, this kit is the perfect kit. Now it is retailed at $213. Um, but you do have a chance to save 25% on that and get that for $160. And if you're interested in getting that kit, you're just going to go to this link, L-I-N-K-T-R 
ee slash m-i-k-a-j-b-r-u-i-n and you're going to click on healthy starter kit also if you'd go over to apple podcast and subscribe so you get notified every time a new podcast is released which i do them every week and give me a five-star rating and write a written review that would be absolutely amazing and i have josh here today Woo! Woo! I am seriously so excited to have you here. We've been having the best chat for the past uh, hour, right? It's been awesome. It's been awesome. Yeah. And I really admire who you are as a man. And we, you know, we've been talking for a while through social media and, you know, it's, it's so fascinating. And we were talking about this earlier that everyone can have different upbringings, right? And they're raised so differently Mm -hmm. and just hearing how you're, you know, the way you were raised and just seeing the man you are today is incredible. And I think a lot of people use their circumstances and, you know, they don't want to be responsible for their life working. They always want to blame somebody or something as to why they don't have what they want. Yep. And, you know, you're proof of that, right? And so it's amazing. I'm really excited. Well, thanks. I, uh, it's, it's been an interesting ride. And I think I was telling you this earlier, like, Mm -hmm. I think, all of us, all of us in our lives right now are exactly where we want to be mm-hmm. because of our own choices, whether we want to admit that or not. Yeah. And, and it's, it's once we finally start to take ownership of that mm-hmm. and, and control of that and realizing that like, Hey, I have the ability to control my circumstances. That's when things start to change. And, mm-hmm. and for me, a big part of that was, was learning that mm-hmm. because it's a, it was a hard lesson to learn, but once I did it, everything changed. Yeah. Everything completely changed. Yeah. And at what point in your life did it change? So, uh, yeah, I was, I was in college. So okay. I, I guess I'll just, uh, recap those quick. So I, yeah. I learned at a really young age, a really bad habit of quitting mm-hmm. whenever things weren't going my way. Yeah. I would quit. So my parents got divorced when I was in fifth grade, was living in Utah. My dad moved to California and I started getting in trouble in sixth grade, starting acting out, getting in trouble, falling behind in school. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to quote unquote quit and start over, move to California. And it was exciting because I moved to California. My dad had this girlfriend and, and it was just, everything was new and exciting. And I just started over. But then uh, I started falling behind in school in California and getting in trouble back there. So then I quit and moved back to Utah and started over seventh grade in Utah. And, but guess what? My bad habits followed me and I got in trouble with, uh, school, fell behind in school. Um, my mom had gotten remarried. So I was living with her and her new husband. I was getting in trouble there. So then I was like, you know what? This sucks. I'm going to quit and move to California. And my dad had a new girlfriend. And every time we went back and forth, my, my parents, there was always a new apartment. There was always a new, uh, it seemed, it seemed like at the time it was like, seems like my parents would be like in a new relationship, it'd be like a new car, a new job. Everything was always changing. Mm. And for me, that was exciting. Mm. And I also was avoiding uh, responsibility and the consequences of, of basically my whole life. And then eventually it caught up to me when I was, let's see. So I, I kept track um, because I kept moving every semester or sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Semesters in, in school, but like I just moved back and forth from my parents' house over 20 times. From sixth grade until I was 18, like literally over 20 times, we were mm-hmm. back and forth. 
and that was a really bad habit of like just quitting and moving when thing when when I was getting in trouble or falling behind. Mm. And it was funny because like my senior year, uh, school counselor sits me down and says, Josh, you're not going to graduate high school. I said, what do you mean I'm not going to graduate? She said, well, you don't have enough credits. And I was like, what have I been doing for the last 18 years? She said, I don't know, Josh. What have you been doing for the last 18 years? And so wow. uh, I was like, well, I didn't know at the time, but I was like, well, I've been avoiding responsibility and uh, running away from consequences. But so I literally had to like go talk to all of my teachers and beg them to change like D's to C's and C's to B's just so I could graduate. There was 425 people in my graduating class and I was like 420. Oh, wow. I graduated with a 2.004. I don't know how four people got a lower GPA than that. Mm. But anyways, so I barely graduated high school and a big part of that was because uh, I developed the habit of quitting when I was a kid. And uh, so that's just some backstory. So to tell yeah. you how I overcame that was mm. um, I was, I got invited to go do this job in Minnesota doing door-to-door sales. Before that, or at the time when I was invited to do that, I was working at a call center. And um, anyways, I didn't want to quit. My buddy said, oh, it's really easy. We're all getting a bunch of sales. So kind of Minnesota. So I hopped in my 1992 Geo Storm. Oh, it was a super awesome car. Yeah. Girls were lining up to go out with me. <laughs> and uh, I'm so, sure. Yes. So I yes. hop in this car, drive to Minnesota, and all the other guys in the sales team had been out there for a solid month, and they were coming home every day with sales, and they were doing really well. And I show up a month late, and I'm like sucking it up, like not getting any sales. It was really, really bad. So after the first week, I was – obviously like the lowest guy in the team, everyone else was getting a ton of sales. And I was like discouraged. I was like, this sucks. I should just quit and go back to my telemarketing job Ooh. back, uh, back in Utah. And then something's like, no, oh, come on, Josh, like give it one more week. So I do stay one more week. And after one more week, I was like, I did worse the second week than I did the first week. Cause I think in the back of my mind, I'd already checked out and I was planning on quitting because that's what I do when things that go my way yeah. and I'm like underperforming. I was like, screw it. I'm just going to quit. And then go somewhere else. Yeah. So I call my mom after two weeks. I was like, mom, I'm, I'm quitting. I'm coming home. She's like, oh, why is that? She said, uh, and then I explained to her, I'm not very good at selling. I'm no good. So I'm going to quit and come home. She's like, well, you can't come home. I said, well, what do you mean I can't come home? She said, well, <clears throat> we rented out your bedroom. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so my mom was going through a divorce. Uh, this was divorce number five. Okay. And um, she was having financial issues, mm -hmm. so she, uh, yeah, put up a classified ad. Why before I had left? Actually, she put up the ad, and then the day after I left, she's like, "Peace out." Yeah, peace out. These people move <laughs> into my bedroom, and she was like, using the rent. I think I paid like four or five hundred dollars a month. For yeah, she's like, "Oh, sorry, sorry, someone else is uh, living in your bedroom." Wow. So I was like frustrated because I was like, "What do you mean that that's like my yeah. room?" And uh, in that moment, it was, it was hard because like I couldn't quit and that's all I had known when things are going my way and I fall behind, I just quit and start over. But now I couldn't. So then I had literally had to figure out, I don't know, this whole selling thing. So yeah. I, I go and talk to my buddy, Paul, Paul was his kick-ass salesman. He was like kicking butt and was a top salesman of the team. Mm -hmm. So like, Paul, what are you doing? why are you so much better at selling than I am? And what are you doing? So yeah. he gave me these books by Zig Ziglar and he's these 
there's these sales CDs and, and we start doing some role plays with our sales pitch and how to overcome objections, resolve concerns and awesome. all this jazz. And I start doing these things. And this next week, I literally doubled. I got more sales in one week than I did the last two weeks combined, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, I can sell. And this was awesome. Yeah. And then like the next week, like I kept getting more and more sales. I think like by my third week, I was the number one salesman every day of the week uh, for that whole week. I was like, holy wow. cow, I can sell. This yes. is awesome. And then like within a couple more weeks after that, I was literally double Paul every day. Like, you let Paul's sales like every day. Mm -hmm. I was doubling him every day. And I was like, this is this amazing superpower. Yeah. And I went from asking Paul for advice and Paul was like going out and knocking doors with me to see like, dude, what are you doing? How are you getting twice as many sales as me like every day? Anyways, so yeah, I ended up making like 25 grand that summer in two Ooh, and a half months. Oh my gosh. And it's funny because I went from a kid who just grew up bouncing around from apartments to apartments from my mom's house in Utah to my dad's house in California yeah. to like buying a house in college. And yeah. it was like kind of cool to be like, huh, I'm a homeowner now. Yeah. So it was, but it wouldn't have happened if my mom hadn't taken away the ability to quit, if Absolute. that makes sense. Oh, it totally makes sense. So like- What uh, a gift that was. It seriously was. I didn't feel like it at the time. I was like well, no. upset. Mm -hmm. But one thing I've shared with people in the past is when success is no longer a nicety, like when it's a necessity, like you have to succeed, mm -hmm. like that's when you will succeed. Mm -hmm. Like I had no golden parachute, nobody to rescue me. I had no fallback plan B, like like I did when I was growing up. I was like, oh, I'm yeah. getting in trouble at school. Screw this. I'll just move to my dad's house. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm in trouble here. I'll move to my mom's house. Quitting wasn't an option. So yeah, there you go. That is so fascinating. And you know, it's crazy because I think – you know, people just do this in life where, you know, you did this, right? You moved to California, then you moved to Utah, you'd go back. You think that maybe moving back would fix the problem. Moving back would fix the problem. Just like people get in and out of relationships. They keep going from person to person thinking it'll fix mm -hmm. yep. the problem when really it's like an internal thing, right? But it's until, it's not until they realize that because mm -hmm. people that like blame that, and I think it's interesting too, like, entering the single scene. Like if I meet somebody and they just went a hundred percent blame like their ex, I was like, really? You have nothing to work mm. on? I'm like, Hmm. Okay. Like that, that's kind of a red flag. Cause like, right. we all have mm -hmm. shit we got to work on. Yeah. Like, and, and until we recognize that and admit that, like we're never going to get better. We're never going to improve. Yeah. So, but I've seen that. I've seen that with, uh, with past employees that have worked with me, like they mm -hmm. worked me and then they quit. And it's interesting to watch them like change jobs every three months, yeah. like for the next couple of years, like, Oh, interesting. It's not you. You're not the problem. It's always your boss exactly. or the coworkers, the company, the industry and mm -hmm. in relationships too. Like you're, if they're bouncing around until you recognize and take ownership of what you're doing wrong, mm -hmm. you will never improve and you will keep repeating the same yep. process over yep. and over again. Exactly. And I think until sometimes, you know, we're all connected. Mm -hmm. And until you went out and did summer sales, you know, you were doing this cycle back and forth, back mm -hmm. years, years, years of this cycle. Then you went and put yourself in this amazing situation to do sales and you're like, oh, I'm doing shitty. And then your mom, because of your mom, mm -hmm. I'm just reiterating, you know, said, no, you can't come home. It really made you look. And then you're, and then you're dissecting your friend's brain. Like, yep. Hey, what did you do? And yep. you, you dove in mm -hmm. and you did it. Yeah. And that is powerful. And yeah. I, I don't know how we can 
somehow take away people's ability to quit and just like to figure it out. Because if people literally stop screwing around both with their career, Mm -hmm. both with their marriage or their relationship, whatever, and if they just like did the hard work to figure out and dissect, okay, Mm -hmm. what am I doing that Mm -hmm. I need to stop doing? Mm -hmm. And what am I not doing? I need to start doing like if people could do that in every area, like financially with their their health, yeah. like with their relationships, with their career, like in all aspects of their life, if they could literally do that, like their lives would totally change. But mm-hmm. it's not until they have to do that. Like like for me, and and I don't know, it's it's weird. Like I've for me, I grew up, I love my family, but we didn't like have a ton of money growing up. Mm. And and I think just that summer when I discovered this ability to like make money and I could, it just be, kind of became a drug. I was like, holy shit, I like making money. This is awesome. And then the next summer I was in a management position where I got to share my experience and, and, uh, sales skills, or whatever with other people. And it was exciting to see them take that and duplicate that, uh, as well. And then the next year I kept doing it and it was, just, it was just fun. That's kind of the natural progression of as literally just like seeing like how far you can go. So like the next summer I made 40 grand, the third summer I made $65,000 in four months. And I was like, Holy really? shit, this is awesome. Like I'm, so you just like keep pushing the barrier, keep pushing the needle. And, uh, I don't know. That's what I've done. Like my whole, my whole career. So I started, uh, my insurance business a couple of years after that. And I don't know, I was comfortably in the six figure club. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is awesome. I literally thought that was like the ceiling. I was like, this is awesome. I, I never, I never thought I needed to make more than that, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, because a hundred grand really isn't that much. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't know, eight nine thousand dollars a month. Mm-hmm. That's not a ton of money at the yeah. time. I thought it was awesome. I thought I had arrived. Um, and then, uh, kind of the next breakthrough for me is, so my. My wife at the time, I'm now divorced, but my wife at the time, she, we'd had a child, but she wanted to have a second child. So women are weird like that. They don't want to have one kid. They want, <laughs> they want that kid to have a friend, right? Right. They want. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they want that yes. kid to have a buddy. Right. Did you want to have another one? Yes. Okay. I, okay. I, I did. But, but oh. it was, but it was, it, but the challenge with her, mm-hmm. the difference was, was. Every month she'd call me in tears because mm-hmm. she wasn't pregnant again that month. And so like, I was like, ah, I feel bad. And then like, and then like the next month she'd call me again in tears. Like, oh, I'm not pregnant again. Yeah. And so she felt like a failure, even though she wasn't a failure. But for women, it's when they want another child, there's nothing, there's not amount of chocolates or flowers or, or chips and salsa that can, that can fix the need of like, I want another child. Yeah. And being a dumb male, like, oh, let's just appreciate the child we have. And I was like, Josh, that's like saying just like, oh, don't ever get another sale again. Just appreciate the sales you got in the past. It's when she said that, I was like, oh, that's my language. I get that. And I was like, okay, we, we got to solve this problem. So like, I literally, the next day, like once I understood that and she used my language, which is dumb, but I got it. Oh, yeah. We started calling fertility doctors and like getting appointments and like just, we literally ran the gamut starting with the, the easy stuff. Like, oh, here's some Clomid to like all the way up to like, the most intrusive stuff oh. possible, which is the IVF. Yeah. And so we eventually were meeting at the U with IVF doctors and um, yeah. And they're like, okay. So funny story. So we go in to meet with one of the doctors and he's like, okay, so you guys don't have any kids. And I was like, well, yeah, we have one child. And he says, is it yours? And I turned to my wife. I said, I don't know, babe. 
is he mine? <laughs> and she's like, what do you think? He looks exactly like you. I'm like, yeah, he's yours. I'm like, okay. And then the doctor's like, well, how did that happen? And I said, I'm not a doctor, but I came home one night with some flowers, turned on some Enrique Iglesias, and boom, <laughs> she's <laughs> pregnant. And he didn't laugh at all. I was like, oh. doctor, not everybody has babies in Petri dishes. Yeah. Some people have babies the old-fashioned way. Right. He said, well, you guys aren't going to be able to have kids anymore without doing in vitro fertilization, which is Spanish for you give the doctors a crap load of money, take a swimmer from the man, oh an hell. egg from the woman, and you literally fertilize the, em, the egg in a Petri dish. And I said, how much is that? He's like, oh, it's like $20,000. I was like, oh, we're making good money, but I didn't have 20 Gs sitting around. Yeah. So we're driving home, and I told my wife at the time, I said, hey, I got this idea. She's like, what? I said, I'm going to go away for the summer and I'm going to do to door sales to make all this money to pay for in vitro. She said, but you're 30 and you've got a job and a business and a yard to mow. And like 30 year old guys don't leave their family to go to door to door summer sales. Like that. They just like, don't. I'm thinking of a solution here, people. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know any other way that we can like get you pregnant real quick. So she's like, Okay. So then I took off for the summer you and did? left my wife. <gasps> and at the time he was three and my business, like, so I said to my employees, like, okay, just keep running the insurance business just like normal. And if anybody like really needs to talk to Josh, call me and nobody will know that I'm on the East coast. So I went to Georgia for the summer. So I was out in Georgia knocking doors and, uh, it was kind of awesome. So I remember the first day, uh, all these sales, it was funny because there's a sales team of like all these 20 year olds. Yeah. And then here's, here I show up a 30 year old and it was like almost weird. They called me like a grandpa and, uh, <laughs> they and, called you that? yes. Oh, and lovely. they all were averaging like roughly like five, six sales a day. And so the first day they're like, okay, Josh, like give us like this rah, rah, rah sales training, whatever. So mm -hmm. I said, guys, you need to go out with enough paper contracts to get 20 sales a day. Cause they were only going out every day with six, six contracts. If that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Weird. It only gets six sales. So my first thing I taught him was like, you guys need to be prepared to have 20 sales day. So you need to have 20 contracts Good. so you can get 20 sales. Yeah. And they like kind of looked at me like, whatever. So it's funny. That night I came home and they all were doing their thing. Like one guy was playing video games. The other guy was like eating, making dinner. Another guy was in talking to his girlfriend. And I come in at like 10 o'clock at night. And they're like, hey, old man, how'd you do? I said, well, come over here and watch. And I started counting up my contract. One, two, three. And all of a sudden, the guy playing video games, he hits pause. He comes over, like, what, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Seven, eight, nine. And the guy that's cooking, he's like, on pause. He's coming over to counting. 12, 13, 14. The guy's like, babe, I got to call you back. And he hangs up his girlfriend to come over to watch him. <laughs> 17, 18, 19 sales. Wow. And then uh, one of the guys, I think it was a video game guy, he's like, whoa, dude, how'd you do that? And I was like, wrong question. He's like, what do you mean, wrong question? I said, you shouldn't say how I did it. You should be asking me why I did it. Mm. He's like, okay, why did you get 19 sales today? And I explained to him that my wife and I are trying to have a baby. Mm -hmm. And we need to do this whole in vitro thing. It's going to cost me $20,000. And I need to make 20 grand like really fast. Yeah. And I said, guys, it's not the how, it's the why. Once you guys all figured out your why and why you need to be successful, why you have to get 20 sales a day, you have that concrete and you visualize that and you see that every day, mm -hmm. the how will come. Mm -hmm. And they're like, whoa. So I was like, okay, yeah. come tomorrow with a blank piece of paper. We're going to talk about your why first and why you need you guys to be successful. 
and then we'll go into the how I got 20 sales. And it's funny because mm -hmm. the next day they came, took a bunch of notes, and I got 22 sales that day. Wow. And literally the next week, the sales reps all double their sales. And really? Yeah, because partially was because they had their why, but also they saw the possibility because all of us have limitations. Like at the time, before I went out there, mm -hmm. everyone on the sales team was only getting six or seven sales a day. So what was their ceiling? What was the norm? Six, six or seven. seven. Yeah. yeah. So that was the norm. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, some old guy, some 30-year-old guy, yeah, grandpa. Is literally grandpa, is yeah. literally getting 20 sales a day, like three times what they're all. And they're like, what the hell? If he can do it, I can do yeah. it. So once you see somebody like opening up the possibility of like what the the new norm could be and, and it's possible and it's almost like they give you permission to like achieve those higher goals. It's like, well, if he can do it and you show me how to, why can't I do that? Yeah. And it was so empowering because like, yeah, that summer I made enough money to do in vitro and the sales reps all made a ton of money too. And well, we went yeah. back to the doctors, gave them the money because they don't let you do the payment plan. You got to pay for it all up front. So mm. gave them the money. Yeah. Did in vitro. And he's like, okay, we got all these eggs. We, we had a total of egg, eight embryos. And he said, okay, do you want to place one embryo? Because you got 40% chance of working. If we place two embryos, you got an 80% chance of working like a 10% chance of twins. And we're like, well, it's a lot of money. And it was crappy being gone that long. Let's place two. What the heck? So we did place two. We come back like two months later, did the ultrasound, and um, we're waiting forever. And when he put the ultrasound on my wife's belly, like when we heard that heartbeat, like Aww, just like, yeah. oh my gosh, like the tears, snot, like we're all hugging each other. It was just this, this awesome, empowering feeling, almost like the same feeling I had when I was 20 year old learning how to sell. Mm. It was like that, but on steroids. Cause I just, I, it was like this amazing feeling of mm -hmm. just like accomplishment. And it was just, it was incredible. And mm. I remember the doctor was like, wait a minute, didn't we place two? And he moves the oh, ultrasound shit. to the other side and we're at a second heartbeat. And like, that's when like, I lost it, like more tears, more Aww. snot. And it was just that realization of just like, Holy cow, we did it. And we're getting two. And just this, this, it was, it was, it was better than winning the Super Bowl. It was like catching the yeah. touchdown, yeah. winning the Super Bowl game. Like it was just awesome. But it was like empowering and like I'm growing my family and my wife just wanted to have kids. And I gave her two, baby. <laughs> and it was this awesome, awesome feeling. I was like, hell yeah. And uh yeah, and then uh so a few months later she delivered twins. So Max oh. and Lucy, and they're healthy and they're perfect. Oh and my gosh. Yeah, it was, wow. it was awesome. Oh, I bet that was an incredible experience. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was awesome. It was yeah. life changing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, I, I want to back it up to the, the summer cells yeah. and the valuable lesson that you taught those younger boys, men, mm -hmm. younger mm -hmm. men, right? Yeah. Boys. Um, because they were just, just settling for six mm -hmm. or seven a day. Yep. And then you come in and they're looking at you like you're some old fart that's going to suck. Yeah. Then you come back and you're like, well, this is what I did because like you saw the value in it and mm -hmm. in yourself mm -hmm. and you're like, I'm doing this yep. like because of your why. And, and then you helped them too. Yep. That's what's cool. Most people would be selfish and be like, I'm not showing you how to do this. I got it all to myself, but you like, that's very genuine and selfless of you to show up for these these young, you know, men like that and, and how you did that is awesome. It's, uh, it was empowering, uh, for me as well, um, to show. And, and the thing is, it's, it's weird that I've learned over the years, 
a lot of it, I was, I was unconsciously successful. Like I didn't know why until I had to sit and show somebody else. If that makes sense. Like I didn't really know why I was successful. I just like, I wanted to get 20 sales because why not? And I literally talked to as many people as I could, but it wasn't until I like, I sat down and actually started showing somebody how to be successful at selling in my sales pitch that I, it's funny. That's how I learned <laughs> like, Oh, this is what I do. I didn't know how I did. I just did it. Yeah. And Tony Robbins talks about like the levels of success. Like there's right. incompetent, unconsciously incompetent and just go through it. And I eventually learned why people are successful and why there aren't. And I learned mm -hmm. that by, <laughs> by taking time to think about myself and my sales pitch, but also my work ethics and my, how I work in area and all this very technical stuff. But it's, mm -hmm. but the biggest thing to your point uh, that I think the sales reps got was the possibility. And, and I've, and it's fun, like in this space of like personal development, whether it's personal or business, there's all these cute little acronyms, but I've, I've literally made up my own that like, mm. it's not seen anywhere else. Like no one's ever quoted it. It's literally like Josh Barnett. Like I'm the only one that's ever said it. Cause I've just accidentally learned this through teaching it. But in order to achieve anything, there's like cute little, the pyramid. So number one needs to be the possibility. Mm. Possibility means somebody can do it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Possibility. Uh, number two is capability. So first possibility, somebody can do it. Mm -hmm. Number two is capability. I can do it. Like mm -hmm. I'm capable of doing it. And then number three, the third triangle is necessity. Like I need to get 20 cells a day. Mm -hmm. And when you dial in all three of those possibility, somebody can achieve this goal that I have, mm -hmm. whether it's your fitness goal, your financial goal, um, this relationship goal, whatever your goal is, you have to believe those three things. Possibility, somebody can do it capability. I have the ability to do that. I'm capable of doing that. Number three, necessity. I have to achieve this. You have all three, get out of the way. Cause like you're going to freaking move mountains. Mm -hmm. Oh, hell yeah. So that's, that's a, that's been a biggie yeah. for me. So it's funny. So going back, so that year, one reason why I was showing the other sales reps that is because my friend that owned the company asked me to not only sell, but also like show them kind of be their mentor mm. trainer so i did it that one time and then i, I thought that was it yeah. and then the next year it's funny so the next year the baby's twins are gonna be born and i spent all my money getting my wife pregnant now i need money to pay for the delivery and i didn't know this but doctors don't do a two for one even though it's one delivery they count it as two because oh, there's two babies yeah. and i was like doctor you're down there just catching the first baby, just like, just charge me for one. Just like, charge me. Like, it's, yeah. it's not that much longer. Like, it's, the second one will come like within two minutes. Like, why are you charging me twice? Right. Like, it's like, I'll, I'll catch the other one. You catch the first one. I'll get the second one. Just like, I'll get, give me the, give me the, you know, the, the, the catcher's mitt, the, and it'll be fine. And, anyways, he's like, that's not how it works. We're going to charge it for two babies. How bizarre. So, I needed money to now pay for delivery. Mm. And it's funny because that same friend paid me like over $5,000 paid for my airfare and hotel to go out the second summer and just show the sales reps how I did what I did. Mm. Like not even selling. And it was weird. All of a sudden I was like, are you, you're going to pay me five grand just to sit and talk with a couple sales guys and show them how to be successful. Hell yeah. I'm going to do that. Yeah, Well, why not? Well, and it's weird in that moment. It was after that, that I discovered, I was like, you know what? Why am I doing this for somebody else? Like mm. I need to start my own company. Yeah. So, the next summer, and and again, just to reiterate that, it was it was sad that it took somebody else seeing value in me, like literally oh. paying me, like, hey, I I want you to come out here. I'm going to pay you five thousand dollars 
pay for your airfare, yeah. hotel, a car rental. I just, I want you to train my employees and show them exactly how you did it so they can duplicate your same process. And it wasn't until then that I saw like, wait, I, I have value. And there's mm-hmm. something that I know that's valuable that I can share with other people. And it wasn't until that time happened that I was like, you know what? I need to start my own business mm-hmm. and I need to hire my own sales reps and train my own employees and set up my own company. And so that's what I did. So the next summer was 2012. Mm. And I started my own door-to-door summer sales company. Ooh. So, yeah, it was yeah. exciting and scary. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because I was like, it's one thing to, like, know how to train somebody. It's yeah. one thing to be a trainer in a company. It's yeah, not yeah. to start an entire yeah. organization and set up an LLC mm-hmm. and find clients and find employees and set up housing. and like. But I just, like, I don't know. I That's one thing that's good and bad about me is I just – I pull the trigger – and then I figure out details later on. Yeah. Some people do it opposite to like they have analysis paralysis. They have this idea, but they want to wait till it's all perfect and then pull the trigger. I'm mm-hmm. the opposite. Yeah. Pull the trigger. Let's do this. Yeah. And then fail Same forward here. and just like figure it out. And That's how like, I. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's good because then you then yeah. you have a done is better than perfect. Yeah. And anyways, but so yeah, I started okay. just figuring that out and it was freaking awesome because I there's an empowering feeling from like showing somebody else and seeing them succeed in the thing that they didn't know how to do, but now mm. they're good at it and they're actually excelling at it and they wouldn't have known how to do it if it wasn't for you. Yeah. If that makes it makes perfect sense. Yeah. So yeah, I started doing that in 2012 and then it's fun because go ahead. Well, what I was going to say is how, okay, this is so cool because you know, because of your friend that saw that in you, right. Then you're like, it took it took somebody seeing it in you for you to see it in yourself. Yes. Then you started this company. Now you're seeing it with all, in all these other yep. you know young men. Yep. You know what I'm saying? There's this ripple, and it's interesting because I think a lot of humans are like that. It takes somebody else seeing us and seeing our potential. And, yes, for and us seeing the possibility. Yeah. Like, hey, you're worth more yeah. than ten dollars an hour or fifteen dollars an hour. And yes. And, and again, it it was crazy because like for my insurance business, like mm-hmm. I like. My business, I was like, you know what? Okay, I was making like 100 grand a year, 10 grand a month. Like, I was like, that's sweet. In my, at the time, I thought I've arrived. Like, that was like, I'm yeah. sick. But then after that summer, so it's funny, like mm. that summer, I made like $60,000. Yeah. And it was my side business. So my insurance business is still going. Ooh. And I made Smart. a side hustle of 60 grand. I was like, hell yeah, I'm double dipping. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. And then, and then when he paid me for like a week's time, I was like, dude, that's like 25 grand for a week. It's like 20 grand a month. I was like, wait a minute. I, I need to start my own. So then I did. And then the crazy thing is in the sales world and the business world, the more you help other people succeed, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. the more it helps you financially as well. Like if I can help them make a crap ton of money, it, it trickles up. It like, does. And so I, that was just empowering. So mm-hmm. I kind of went gangbusters. So like the next year, like it was like, so I had one team in the summer, we had one team in the fall. And I was like, if one team is good, six teams is gooder. So like the next year I went from one team to six teams Holy and like shit. we had six teams and it was just like, it was literally just like, how, how big can I go? If mm-hmm. that makes sense. Like how, how many sales reps can we have? How many markets can we help? And we just like blew it up. And for a very small niche market, like we literally had the largest company ever mm-hmm. for that very small niche in the door door mm-hmm. sales world. And we kept rocking that for uh, like another five, six years the challenge, though, is, which the story has been told, sometimes when men are caught up in starting a business, not just men, women, anybody, 
sometimes it can consume you mm-hmm. and it can uh, other things can like fall fall apart or like fall by the wayside. And a big part of that was my wife felt like I was putting my career and this business like ahead mm. of everything else. And to her point, like I really was like from six in the morning to like midnight, I was consumed with this business. Really? 100%. Wow. And I was traveling all the time yeah. and like hindsight, like I, I should have and probably could have like balanced it out. The, the challenge was, and this is justification, but the challenge was in the sales world, like when sales reps are struggling, when Josh gets on the phone with them and walks them through what they're struggling with and walks them through the sales pitch and gives them the tools and the techniques to help them out, like it's like immediately that day, like boom, sales turn around, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Oh, it makes and sense. And then like the next day, like that you got to follow up with them, like, okay, the next day is even better and the next day after that. And like you can take a bad day and turn it into a good day and then a good week and a good month. Because if you don't, like in leadership, like if you don't, a bad day can easily turn into a bad week. And then that mm-hmm. turns into a, easily a bad month. And then they easily quit because they're not seeing the results. Yeah. So it, if that makes sense, it's weird. Because like the yeah, more yeah. time I put into my sales reps, the more successful they are, the more financially rewarded they are. And the, as the owner of the company, mm-hmm. the more financially rewarded I am. Mm-hmm. However, it was at the... It was at the mercy of like my family life. And mm. anyways, so that created some stress in my family life. Yeah, I can see that. And uh, yeah. yeah, hindsight. Um, yeah, that was one of the major factors that honestly led to my my eventual divorce was mm. uh, even though I eventually sold uh, that business and started uh, investing in real estate, it just the damage had been done. But that's... Yeah, it happened. Yeah, that's, uh, that's another story. But anyways, yeah, yeah, it's... Yeah. But just just for the the business side, um, I I would encourage anyone listening to 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 not be stuck on just the results that you're seeing right right now. Because just because you haven't hit ten grand a month doesn't mean you're not going to do it next month. Yeah. Just because you're not making a hundred thousand dollars a year doesn't mean you can't do that in twenty twenty one. Like mm-hmm. you're it, it it all it literally starts with the the my, my cute little pyramid the the pyramid of success. Why I call it it starts yeah. with number one the possibility. Is it possible for anyone in your company, your industry mm-hmm. to achieve the goal that you have? Mm-hmm. And then number two is capability. Like, do you believe that you're capable of doing that? And if so, what are the specific things that you need to start doing mm-hmm. or stop doing to help you achieve your goal? And then number mm-hmm. three, necessity. Like, what's your why? Like, how bad do you want it? And then mm-hmm. talk with your partner, like if you're married or your spouse or whatever, and and talk about your your why. And if you both can like be on the same page, like, hey, next year i'm like gonna here's my goal here's my game plan and i need your support with this and as long as you keep it balanced like there's no stopping you yeah why why can't 2021 be your best year ever because 2020 was like a a horrible year like the worst year ever for everybody (laughs) just kidding kind of not (laughs) but why can't next year like be like literally your best financial year ever or the best year for your relationship or whatever your goals are well yeah and it's like being intentional right asking the right questions sometimes people get in business and they don't know these those steps. They just go in and they don't know what to ask. They don't know with your sales guys. Oh, we're just doing six. You come in, we're doing 20. Like people don't know how sometimes to go there in Mm -hmm. their minds because they're just unconsciously just doing it. They're going through the motions. Going through the motions. And they're, they're, they're accidentally just going with the flow and they're Mm -hmm. not being intentional. Like life Mm -hmm. is happening to them. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, it's honestly, once we take 
control of our life and we literally see like, you know what? I don't want life to happen to me. I want life to happen like because of me. Like Mm -hmm. I want to take control. Mm -hmm. Here's an analogy that I I like to share with my sales reps people. Like imagine today, like you, let's say you're going to drive home from work or you're driving home. What would happen if you keep your foot on the gas, but you let go of the steering wheel? What would happen? Oh, you just eventually swerve. Eventually you swerve yeah. and you would crash mm-hmm. because you yeah. kept your foot on the accelerator, right. but you're not controlling the steering wheel. Mm. And I think a lot of us accidentally do that with our career. We probably maybe do that with our, our relationship. We're just mm-hmm. going through the motions. We're still moving forward, but we're not like firmly gripping the steering wheel and controlling like intentionally mm-hmm. where do I want to go? Mm. And yeah, I think particularly in the sales world and for those who are self-employed, it's easy, but even like even employees, you just go through the motion and did yep. did it, did it, did it. And it's until you passionately take the steering wheel and, mm-hmm. and decide where you want to go. Absolutely. So I think it's, yeah, that's important. And two, I think what you're going into, make sure you're called to it. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. And also because who you're surrounded with is also important mm-hmm. because you want, Again, you want people to see your potential. You want someone to look at you and say, hey, look, this is how you do 20. You want people to see you for you because, again, sometimes we don't see it within. And so this is why it's important to go into something that calls to you and also surround yourself with powerhouses who see it within themselves, who have been there, who have done that. So then as you are coaching these people, you know, all the sales reps, they're having a bad day. You you get off the phone, bam, they start producing, Mm -hmm. right? Because you saw they got permission in a way – that, oh my gosh, I can do this. Or you help them walk, you know, walk through their little, you know, struggle that they were in. Yeah. So. It, and it's interesting because like one thing that I would coach my managers of each team, because like, it's, it sounds funny, but I always say no one will ever outsell the top performer. Mm-hmm. So if the top salesperson in any team is only getting eight or nine a day, guess what the limit is for that sales team in that area? eight or nine a day because that's the highest nobody has ever seen. Mm-hmm. So if the manager, one of the other sales reps steps up their game and they start hitting 15, 16 sales every single day, guess what? Mm-hmm. The entire office is now going to increase in sales because now the ceiling isn't eight or nine mm-hmm. every day. It's now 15 sales a day or 16 sales a yeah. day. And literally every organization has exact same thing, whether it's real estate, whether it's doing loans, whether it's insurance agents, whether it's, it doesn't matter what industry it is yeah. in network marketing, whatever the highest performer is doing, that's the limit. Like that's what they mm-hmm. see. Therefore that's the reality of what their limitation is. And yeah. when, when we in the leadership team can help them literally consistently see like, Hey, Sarah's doing it. Jimmy's doing it. Why can't you do it? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, Hey, if they can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of this YouTube video. I don't know if you've seen it and I don't even know what it's called, but it's, there was um, this big hill or mountain or something. Everybody went there every day and they kept running, running and trying to get over the top, trying to get over the top, trying to just tons and tons of people were trying this. And then there's this man that goes and all of a sudden he just fucking goes over the top. Hmm. So everyone looks at him and like, what the hell? We've been trying this for how long? And you just came and did this. So next thing you know, another person goes over the top. Another person goes over the top. And it's just this ripple, hmm. right? Yeah. And it again, it takes one person just like you, right? Yep. Coming in yep. and you seeing the possibility of, holy shit, I can do this. And then once you do it, 
how these other people do it. And that, that's, that's interesting because that's one thing that I would do uh, in my leadership role, like when I would mm-hmm. travel around and that's, again, it was, it was a struggle for the marriage, but mm-hmm. for the business, you kind of had to do that. Like, mm-hmm. it's interesting. I would show up and spend a few days with a sales team and I would consistently be hitting 16, 17, 18 sales a day in that market. And then the next few days we'd show up the next morning and like, okay, how'd you do that, Josh? Like, what's your sales pitch? How about, how do you resolve this concern? How do you answer this question? And I just like mm-hmm. showing them how to do that. And then instantly like that next day, all their sales would increase because I was like, oh, somebody's it's, it's a social proof. Mm-hmm. It's a social proof. Like, look, he's doing it in my market, mm-hmm. in this area, because Literally, it's so funny. Every organization, because there's people right now, they're like, if you're in Utah, like, oh, but the Utah market is blah, 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 blah. Oh my and gosh. So everybody good. has this ceiling, this limiting belief of like, oh, but it, but so-and-so in the company, it's because they're in San Diego. If I was in San Diego, I'd be able to do this. Like, no, or, or whatever it is. Yeah. But, but it's it's literally like those, the, the only limits we have are the ones we place on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it's, it's, it's having that awakening and figuring out that like, Hey, why can't I be the top producer within my company, within my organization, within my industry? Why can't I break the barriers? Why can't I be the top, mm-hmm. the top performer? Yeah. You, you've uh, ever heard the story of Roger Bannister, the guy that the first guy to run the mile under, mm-hmm. under four minutes. Like yeah. they said, like, it's impossible. No one could do that. Your yeah. heart would stop. Your lungs would collapse. And then finally one guy does it, even though they said it couldn't be done. And within Roger Bannister, when he finally ran the mile in under four minutes, I think within six months, like another 10 people did it mm-hmm. because the impossible became yep. possible. And exactly. so, yeah. And so it's, it's just being able to do that and, and having that realization again, you have to believe that it's possible that somebody can do it. You have to believe in your own personal capability that you're capable of doing it. Mm-hmm. And then last is necessity. Like how bad do you need it? Like, mm-hmm. do you need it? Do you need success? Like you need to breathe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you do, then you'll find a way to make it happen. You will. And I think sometimes it takes people hitting rock bottom in mm-hmm. a way yeah. to ask themselves those questions. Because if their life's just comfortable and whatever, they're just like, why would I need to do this? Why would I want to do 20? I'm good. I'm playing Nintendo. I'm on the couch. I'm yeah. old, you know? Yeah. yeah. And But again, sometimes it takes, like I said, you hit rock bottom. You're like, holy shit. I got to figure this out. Like, yep. you, like, you know, not that you not having a baby wasn't rock bottom, but that pushed you enough to be like, holy shit, I got to go make this 20 grand to have mm-hmm. this baby. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's really interesting. Having a strong why. So even going back to like when I was, when I was in mm-hmm. college, like I, it, it's funny. I remember like growing up like in high school and stuff and seeing, and seeing these rich kids, like their, their parents had all this money. And I remember like kind of almost like being jealous of them. I was like, man, it, it's going to be so nice to like be able to like drive like this nice car and just like have like this, like, I don't know, just this cush life. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for the circumstances that I grew up in because like it, I didn't have a safety net. There wasn't this mm-hmm. golden parachute. Mommy, daddy was never going to save me or rescue me. And my mom taking away the ability to quit and go home um, because, you know, uh, things weren't working out my way. Like that was a gift. And uh, I feel like um, literally my life changed once I figured out one success was no longer a nicety. Like once I like it was a necessity, like Mm -hmm. my life totally changed after that. I was frustrated even at God when we couldn't have kids, I remember thinking to myself like, okay, $20,000, this, 
tells me what a shallow jerk I am. I was like, 20 grand? I could buy a boat. Why in the hell do I got to spend 20 grand to get her pregnant? Tons of people. There's teenage girls around the planet <laughs> getting pregnant that don't want the babies. Right. And like, here we are financially yeah. sound. Like we have this, we have this nice home and that we're emotionally available or whatever to like have a child. And I, I like for a minute, I was like, almost like angry at God. I was like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. I remember talking to my religious leader and I was like, Hey, um, I'm just going to like go get a 12 pack of beer and take my wife, get in the back car up in the mountains mm-hmm. and get her pregnant that way. Cause like it works for teenagers. Why can't it work right. for a married couple? Of course. Why he, not? He, he laughed at that. I'm sure. <laughs> um, but we ended up uh, just doing a vitro, but I mm-hmm. honestly, I was grateful for that time too, because like mm-hmm. I, at that time thought my life was set. I'm just going to sell insurance for the rest of my life. And I was comfortable with $10,000 a month. Like I was like, I'm good. Yeah. But learning having to uh, do the door to door sales thing and then having to do the in vitro thing and then uh, being paid uh, a training, you know, just to go out and train the sales reps and then showing other sales reps. Like when I started my own company, like the, those are life lessons that I wouldn't have been able to learn if, if I didn't hit rock bottom, like if I didn't have that obstacle, that trial. And, and yeah. I, I learned that $10,000 a month is actually not that much money. And it's mm-hmm. like, my ceiling is substantially higher than that. And mm. there's people, and I remember wanting to surround myself with people. There's a friend of mine that was consistently making a hundred thousand dollars a month. Oh. And I was like, okay, I, that's a goal I want to aspire to. Mm-hmm. And in the real estate world, so this is kind of a, a, a fun story too. So yeah. um, I remember when I started doing real estate and um, I met, uh, I was trying to put together this, this real estate deal. So I had done the subdivision. Mm-hmm. So by the way, I guess just to give you a little background. So in 2016, I sold my business. I needed somewhere to park some money. So I started buying, a, I bought a 16 plex mm-hmm. and then I bought some land. Cause I don't, you hear of people, I don't know if you heard of people like, Oh yeah, I want to do a subdivision. I want to buy some land, mm-hmm. put in some utilities in a road and yeah. subdivide it. Oh, it's easy. Make a million bucks. No. Uh, turns <laughs> out it's substantially harder than you think. Cause like I bought some land uh, in 2016 and I thought it was going to be easy peasy. And mm-hmm. I was like the hardest projects I think I've ever done in my entire life. It took a year of fighting with the city to get it approved and another year of like digging to get it all together. And then two years was up and yeah, we sold off a bunch of lots. Like we sold off the majority of them before we even had permits. Mm. So it was, it was hard, but I was glad I did it. I learned a ton. I bet. After that time, I was trying to work on another project and I went and met with this, uh, really successful realtor, uh, in my hometown of Logan. And I'm waiting to meet with them. I'm talking with secretaries and, uh, they said, I, I said, Hey, his name is Jack. Hey, Jack has a bunch of rental properties, doesn't he? They said, yeah. I said, how many does he have? And they said, a couple hundred. I was like, wait, what? They said, a couple hundred rental properties. I was like, who has a couple hundred rental properties? That, 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 that just sounds so ridiculous to have that many rental properties. Yeah. So I go and I meet with them. We're talking with them. I'm talking about this deal I'm trying to put together. And I said, oh, and by the way, how many rental properties do you have? He said, a couple hundred. I don't know, a couple hundred. I said, okay, how, why do you have so many? And how do you have so many? Like, how is that even possible? Mm-hmm. And like, how do I do that? Like, if you were me, like, how would you, how would you start over? And he's like, well, you won't do it. If I told you how to do it. I said, dude, I'm crazy. Like, tell me how to do okay. it. I, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm going to do it. He said, okay, just buy a house every year. 
for the rest of your life. I was like, you just buy a house every year? Like, yeah, by December 31st, every year, buy a house. I said, okay, but why would I do that? He said, all you do is put down the deposit, the, or the, the um, what's the word? The oh, down payment. Yeah. <laughs> that <was about laughs> the down there. payment for the house. <laughs> and then someone else moves into it, mm-hmm. and like they're paying off rental property for you. And he said something that, like, kind of a game changer for me. He said, one thing that God isn't doing is he's not making any more earth, but he keeps sending children down to earth and they need somewhere to live. Mm-hmm. So why not buy land and real estate? I was like, light bulb. Yeah. And I go back to my office and I start doing the math. I'm not a very smart guy, but I'm doing the math. I'm like, okay, if I only had a fourplex that was uh, in each apartment was paying me $1,000 a month, mm-hmm. that'd be how much? Four grand a month, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, okay, I can do that. And then I start doing the math. Okay, so what if I had four fourplexes? That's 16 units, and they're all paying me $1,000 a month. That'd be $16,000 a month. Okay, so I'm, I'm starting to get excited here. I'm like, okay. I'm like doing the reverse engineering of how to build up what Jack has. Mm. And I was like, okay, so what if I had 12 fourplexes? That's 48 units. 48 units, 48 people paying me $1,000 a month would be $48,000 a month. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, I'm getting excited. I was yeah. like, that's like, that's like awesome money. And then yeah. I was like, okay, how do I get to a hundred? So if I had a hundred rentals, okay. So I had, so that's 25 fourplexes. So 25 times four, that's a hundred, a hundred people paying me a thousand dollars a month yeah. is a hundred thousand dollars a month. Mm. And then like, I was like, Holy shit. that's times 12. That's $1.2 million a year. I was like, this is awesome. Yeah, yeah. And so then I became obsessed. The funny thing was at this time, I already had 20 rental properties. You did? Uh-huh. Because okay. I, had, I had a 16-plex and then I had I had two commercial buildings and a four-plex on top of them. So, but again, yeah. I thought I was set because my limitation was mm. almost like the sales was like, okay, I was getting six or seven a day. Yeah. And I was like, I'm good. And to be honest, like 22 rental properties is really good. Like anybody that's out there starting, if you have 20, congrats. Like that's awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah. But I, I thought that was it because I thought that was my ceiling. And then meeting Jack, who has a couple hundred, then I was like, dude, like I can do this. Yeah. So then I kind of become obsessed and I just started like figuring stuff out. And I just started buying rental properties after that. And my goal was to get to 100. And oh, shit. Um, I just thought it'd be cool to hit 100 by the time I turned 40. And I actually did it uh, last year on July 1st when I was 39. No I got 106 rental properties. and But that's for another well, story. Congratulations. Thank you. It's, that's uh, something to be like proud of. It's uh, But it's huge. It all comes back to that whole thing. Like Jack was able to help me see mm-hmm. that six or seven sales a day wasn't yeah. like you're capable of doing more. And like that's that's kind of my hope that like, I need to finish my book and my, that's my hope. Like when I finish my book and yeah, which is exciting by the story, way, yeah, so that's kind of be kind of fun, but yeah, I, that's what I wanted people to share. Cause like, here's a guy, Josh, who isn't, he's not that special. I barely graduated high school. Mm. I come from a broken family. Um, I'm not a very smart guy. And again, I used to be a quitter and yet I somehow have, learn how to just believe in myself and set mm-hmm. ridiculous goals mm-hmm. and then go out and make it happen because I, there's always a system or a strategy to success, whether it's losing weight, 
having a stronger marriage or better relationship or, or business. There's, there's a specific strategy yeah. and a pattern and you duplicate that pattern and you follow the exact same strategy that somebody else did with the same tenacity and passion, you will duplicate that result every mm-hmm. single time. Oh yeah. yeah. And if they can do it, why can't you do it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if I can do it, why can't you do it? Yeah, exactly. Wow. You're so, so inspiring. <laughs> Look at you. Thanks. It's it's yeah. been it's been a fun ride. It's been a difficult ride. Mm-hmm. But like literally, like that's every everybody right now, like everybody that's listening to this like right now, like we all have goals. We have things we want to accomplish. Yeah. Like and and the thing is, there's people right now less talented than you mm-hmm. that are succeeding at what you want to exceed at. And one big reason why is they're they're doing the work. Mm-hmm. They believe in themselves, and honestly, they probably have a mentor. They have somebody that's coaching them and showing them that's like, hey, here's how I did it. Here's how you can do it too. Mm -hmm. The same way that Paul did it for me, the same way I did it for sales reps when I was a younger trainer and then eventually an owner of my own company, Mm -hmm. and the same way that Jack helped me see my potential. Like, We all need that person, and this is why people should have coaching. And I think sometimes people get like a bad rap, like coaches, not all coaches are good. Some coaches are horrible right. and they have no business being in the coaching world. Right. <laughs> but other people that have proven results oh, yeah. and like they know how to do this, like they're, they're worth their weight in gold. Mm-hmm. Like, like um, no amount of money like you would pay. Oh yeah. Like it's, it's a hundred percent worth it because they, they can cut your learning curve from like five years down to one year mm-hmm. or from two years down to like six months. A good coach, a good a, coach, a good coach, a yeah. good mentor, 100% can, because they can also help you see your possibility. They can help see your blind yeah. spots. Of like, this is what you're doing yeah, wrong. Totally. This is what you're not doing. You oh, need to start doing. And this is what you need to stop. You're not doing. You need to start doing. Yep. Say that right. So both both yes. those. Because yes. a good mentor, a good coach, can literally help uh, significantly cut down your learning curve. Oh, absolutely. Well, my if it weren't for my coach, I wouldn't have been a co-author in this book. Because she's like, you need to interview for this book. You need to share your story. You have so much to share, and it's amazing. And I'm like, really? Oh gosh, okay. And my anxiety was through the roof. But I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do it. I don't know how, but I'm gonna do it. See, it's yeah. it's that moving forward. It's getting permission. It's weird that we have to have yes. somebody else. So weird, to, huh? Yeah, yeah. Someone else to give you permission and to see your potential. To see, like, hey, yeah. you have value, and your story yeah. has meaning, and people need to hear your story, and yeah. they can benefit from hearing. Yep. Your story. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's powerful. Oh, it's, very, it's very, and it's empowering to, because, because honestly, it's almost like who, who am I? Who's going to want to hear my story? Mm-hmm. Why should I write a book or why should I start mm-hmm. a business? Like, and but if you don't believe in yourself, how can you expect anyone else to believe in yourself? Yep. And, and it starts with believing in yourself. Mm-hmm. But a big part of that, like for you, mm-hmm. your mentor said, Hey, you write yep. a book, co-author this book, and yep. it's almost giving you permission to succeed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think it's it's empowering to have somebody give you permission to succeed. Mm-hmm. And uh, honestly, the best, as, as, as frustrating as it sounds, the best is <laughs> when you do hit rock bottom. Like mm-hmm. when success is like your only option, like mm-hmm. that's, there's a lot of people that built themselves their lives or successful businesses once they hit rock bottom yeah and so people listening right now and they're like going through like a crappy part in their life and they're like Mm -hmm. i am rock bottom this is rock bottom it can't get any worse i was like you know what that could be a gift because that could be one of the strongest foundations you can build on i was like okay but 
But the thing is too, just like I did when I was a young kid, I had to be real with myself and I had to go find a mentor or a coach and say, okay, you're succeeding and I'm not. What am I doing wrong? Mm -hmm. And that's one of the number one things that's stopping people right now from achieving is they're not being honest with themselves and they're not admitting what they're doing wrong. Because there's things right now that you're doing wrong. Mm -hmm. But it's until you recognize that and admit that, that you're not going to be able to get better. Mm -hmm. So once I hit that rock bottom, again, going back to my very first story, it was once I hit that and then I started talking to Paul, like, okay, Paul, what are you doing that I'm not doing? Mm-hmm. And that's when I started like getting real and figuring out like, okay, figuring out his sales pitch and, and how he works his area and, and what he does. Like even like music he listens to, like he like listens to music. Like, oh dude, I'm going to start listening to music on the way out to my area. Like that's, that's powerful. Cause if mm-hmm. you feel good, you'll perform good. Yeah. If you're feeling, if you're jamming, you're vibing, you're like in the zone and you bring that energy to your next sales pitch or your next mm-hmm. presentation, oh, they won't be able to say no because yeah. if you're going to be on fire and enthusiasm is so contagious. Yeah. I never knew that. I never knew that that was a gift. I thought I would just had ADD and I just like <laughs> couldn't like be successful. But it turns out your ADHD as a president of the ADHD club, that's a superpower that we have. And when you have ADHD, yes. sometimes society, they look down on us because we can't sit yeah. still in a classroom for eight hours. But it's weird. Now people pay me to talk to them for eight hours because like, mm-hmm. I do this real estate coaching. I was like, it's just funny that like mm-hmm. I couldn't sit still for eight hours because most teachers suck and they're boring. But like now that I'm the teacher, I think I'm pretty entertaining and I make learning oh, you are. not suck. And so it's <laughs> yeah. not eight hours of like, duh, 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 duh. it's like eight hours of entertainment and like empowerment. It's, it's exciting because like I'm passionate yeah. about real estate. I'm passionate about literally that that's a tool that can change people's lives forever. Anyways, that's another topic. But yes, um, no, great. But anyways, <laughs> the coming... In, in summary of what we talked about today, I'm hoping people listening to your podcast right now yeah. are having hard times. I'm hoping they're like near rock bottom because that is a, a sure foundation to build your whole life on. Like, okay, I'm, my life sucks right now. Yeah. I can't quit because maybe I got kids. Maybe I've got this, that, and the other. I can't quit. Mm-hmm. So then you go find somebody, your Paul, whoever that is, mm-hmm. who is somebody that just kicking ass in your industry and your company, whatever, and just go like hire them pay them to be your mentor, your coach, mm-hmm. and then duplicate whatever they're doing. Find out what they're doing mm-hmm. that you're not doing. Yep. Find out what you're not doing. You need to start doing and then yep. duplicate everything that your Paul is doing Yep. and then just follow it with passion, with tenacity, and then it's music in your life. Music is so powerful. I don't care what it is, but like whatever gets you in your jam where you're just vibing, you're like at 100%. All yes. day long, yes, and you do that, it's dumb, but it works. <laughs> you got music and passion, and you're believing yourself, and you just like follow whatever your mentor tells you, and don't give up. Like, quitting can't be an option. Like, for me, again, it, I can't take credit. Mom said I couldn't quit and come home, so I, I'm stuck in Minnesota. Yeah. Had I figured this out? So, you got to figure out how to succeed because quitting is an option, and then just sit back and like watch your life literally change because. Oh, yeah. Success is your only option. Oh, yeah, it will. And, you know, I was going to say this. This just popped in my mind. Is um, So I feel like in the past, I've always wanted permission from people to do things in life. And But back in December of last year, I was listening to a podcast mm-hmm. of a guy that I had dated. And I've shared this before on here um, in previous episodes. But And I had people say to me in the past, Micah, you should do – uh, YouTube, you should do a podcast, you should do a book, you just need to do something more. And I thought they were crazy. I didn't see it myself. Although they were giving me permission, 
I just didn't see it, hmm. right? Okay. So I was listening to this podcast. I was actually in Disneyland in a hotel with one of my girlfriends. And we were just having some drinks, listening to it. In that moment, I'm like, holy shit, I'm going to do a podcast. Hmm. And a light bulb went off. And then I just took action and I freaking did it because I believed in myself at that mm -hmm. time. And mm -hmm. I think it took me getting divorced and hitting rock bottom in my life because things I thought were going great. Mm -hmm. And then the rug was pulled from underneath me and I'm like, what the fuck's going on? What just happened? Whoa, yep. we have this yep. new baby. What's going yep. on? Oh, and so there's a lot of awakening that happened, you know, all last year for me personally. And, and I, and again, it took that rock bottom for me to see my potential. And so anytime I get some pull to something, I follow that. Hmm. That even includes my speak, my guests that come yeah. on here. I have a list of people, right. That mm -hmm. I have, that I want, but let's just say I'm, you know, connecting with somebody mm -hmm. and all of a sudden some, some will come to me, ask this person to be on, on the podcast. Hmm. And, you know, of course I had the thoughts of who am I, who am I to do this? Who's going to listen? What do I have to share? But I'm like, no, what you have to share is valuable. All the guests that are going to be coming on, what they have to share will be valuable and it will change the world. And, and that's the thing is I want to make a difference. You know what I mean? For yeah. all the listeners and yeah. for the people, because with what you shared today, I know light bulbs went off in a lot of people's minds that are going to be listening to this, right? Because again, sometimes we're not thinking in that way. And somebody says something and we're like, oh, oh my gosh, I need to do A, B, C, and D. I need to have a mentor. I need it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just, it, this life is beautiful. It's incredible. And it is you know, we really can create whatever we want in life and we are not our circumstances. A hundred percent. And you know? I think it's, I think it's awesome that you're doing this. It's awesome that mm -hmm. you, that you took that leap of faith and, and just said, screw it. I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. And then you did it. And here we are, like literally here we yeah. are doing this podcast podcast. And yeah. it's funny because I remember one of the first times I think we connected recently after I heard one, one of your podcasts. Yes, that's right. and I was like, Hey, this is awesome. Cause I thought about doing it too. And I was like asking you questions. And I was like, this is awesome. Cause like, mm -hmm. here you are, you're somebody that's like, so I think some people think about that. Think about starting a business, think yeah. about doing whatever, writing a book, doing a podcast, and then someone else is doing it. I was like, it's almost like giving you permission. Yeah. And then, so I, I honor you. I think it's awesome that you, you. took a leap of faith and literally here we are having this talk because you took you took yeah. action. Yeah. So I think it's freaking awesome. And everybody yeah. needs to do the exact same thing. Just like yeah. do it. Yeah, absolutely. Just do it. Ooh, just do it. Yes. 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 Who does that? What's his name? Shay. Uh, Shay Sh LaBeouf. Yeah. yeah. I'm hoping everybody he's is doing like, the, just he's doing do it. it. <laughs> yeah. If you guys can see us right now, like that's literally the, the I'm doing the Shay LaBeouf right now. Cause like, that's what you got to do every day. You do. And, yeah. and, uh, and do it in front of the mirror. Just yeah. like, just believe in yourself and, Go, go 100%. Go 150%. 150% people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But you can't quit after a month. Like, it's it's cool mm -hmm. if you, like, try for a week or two, but it, it's it's yeah. it's yeah doing it after a year or two because, like, it, it's – and mm -hmm. people have talked about this, and it maybe it sounds cheesy and cliche, but, like, success is always, like, just another three feet away. It's always, like, another week away. Yeah. And so it's, it's being able to believe in yourself and your business idea or your concept or your product, whatever, even when no one else does. You need to also make sure that it's going to work out because like, mm -hmm. bless their hearts, the, the friends on American Idol that like they believe in themselves and they go to sing and like they can't sing. I was like, okay, you, you also need to have a reality <laughs> check. So, so make sure your mentor isn't telling you yeah. what you just want to hear. Like 
Mm -hmm. They need to tell you like mm -hmm. the hard truth, like, hey, you can't sing, but maybe become an artist. Right. Or, <laughs> right. Exactly. Or there's nothing wrong being in sales. Like you need to go do this. So mm -hmm. a good mentor isn't going to tell you what you want to hear. Mm -hmm. A good mentor is going to tell you what you need to hear. And if you surround yourself with yes men, you'll be mm -hmm. stuck the rest of your life. Here's a fun thing too I like to tell people is yeah. um, when when someone says like damn you, like if you think about what's a dam do, a dam stops water. It impedes water from progressing. So like literally the worst thing you could say to somebody is damn you. Because mm -hmm. what you're really saying is like, hey, I hope you stop progressing as a human being and you mm -hmm. stop. Like you just like stay stuck there. That's kind of harsh. But some of us damn ourselves by surrounding ourselves with yes men. Yes men tell you everything you want to hear. Mm -hmm. They never tell you what you need to hear. So you need to find people that poke holes in your business idea and tell you what about this? What about this? Because like, they need to tell you, oh, yeah. I believe in you, but what about this and this and this? Yeah. So something I always say too is say no to yes men. Mm. Surround yourself with people that are going to tell you, and that's what a good coach is going to do too. They're going to yes. say, they're going to help you see like, hey, what about this and this and this? And and honestly, even like in relationships, like when you go through a divorce and you're figuring yeah. this stuff out, like, <laughs> yeah. hey, you need, you need somebody to not be a yes man. You need somebody to say that, yeah, but what about this red flag? What right. about this red flag? Yep. What about that red flag? And and if you listen to those people, mm -hmm. it can help you avoid a lot of heartache, both in your yeah. business world, business life, and your personal life. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, I have a lot of people that people like that in my life who will call me out on my bullshit all the time. If I'm saying something, then they'll be like, "Wait, wait, what?" And I'm yeah. like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> and it sucks sometimes, but I love it. I yeah. love the feedback. Yeah. I want it. I want it. Yeah. I don't want. You to just say yes all the time and yeah. be nice. No, fuck that shit. Yeah. No, come yeah. on. No, it's you, yeah. need, you need people to to tell you, yeah, what you need to hear. Yeah, not what you want to hear. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, if and that's one thing I I have people ask too, like, hey, people around you, are they are they disagreeing with you, everything you're saying? Because mm -hmm. if they are, I don't think they're your friends. Yeah, like they need to be telling you the hard truths, mm -hmm. and and that's what makes it that's what makes it hard to progress is if we're always just like surrounding ourselves with those comforting feelings like yeah you're right mm -hmm. it's 100 their fault mm -hmm. but like if you've changed six jobs in the last 12 months <laughs> guess what it's you you're <laughs> the problem if yeah. you're if you're going through relationships like like that mm -hmm. guess what it might be you yeah. it, it, you might be the problem and so like take some time to like ask questions ask questions and get see, curious yeah what yeah. are you doing wrong and, and oh actually admitting that you possibly could be working on something. Mm. I think uh, I think a lot of people, both in their business life and their personal life, mm -hmm. keep repeating the same problems over and over again because they're not being real with themselves. Mm -hmm. They're not admitting like what they're doing wrong. Yeah. And until they do that, they're just going to keep repeating the same yeah. problem because they're mm -hmm. going to, they'll think, okay, kind of like me, like when I kept like back in my uh, schooling days, like, mm -hmm. oh, it's not my fault. It's the school's fault or this, that, whatever. And I would just escape my problems. Yeah. And until I took ownership of that and recognized like, oh, it's me. Mm -hmm. I'm the common denominator. And mm -hmm. and it's hard for a lot of people. It's hard for me to figure that out. Yeah. It's hard for a lot of people to figure that out. It is. Yeah. Well, so, this, figure it out. Figure it out. Damn it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, get yeah. real with yourself and yeah. find a good coach or mentor to help you see what you are missing. Mm -hmm. And that can find true clarity and yeah. also find someone that gives you permission to be successful yeah. and just like you know like why why can't you why can't you write a book why can't mm -hmm. you start a business why can't you be the top selling the top 
performer in your company yeah. or industry? Why, why can't you start breaking records? Why can't you double mm. in 21 or you did in 20? Like, why, yeah. why can't you? Mm-hmm. Yep. You can. That's the reality. You but you need – you got to find your why. You got to find a, your why. You got to invest in you, meaning mm-hmm. a coach, right? Mm-hmm. People yep. just want to think they can be super successful without a coach or without a mentor. It doesn't work that way. Like, really. You've got to have somebody that's by your side, like coaching you along the way, yeah. calling you out on your bullshit, seeing you when you don't see you Yep. because it's, that is gold right there. Part of it's the motivational stuff to help you see like the, the relief mm-hmm. in yourself, but mm-hmm. also a lot of it's a technical stuff. Like it's like, mm-hmm. there's certain things that a good coach can help you see that you're missing. So. Yeah. Well, you know, something I will add, it's, it's so, um, it's been a treat having you here and just really getting your world and, you know, hearing your childhood and what you've been through and, and also just everything that you've created in your, you know, businesses and in your life. And then, you know, recently getting divorced, but you're still pushing and you're overcoming. And that takes a lot of courage and strength to do what you're doing, especially coming from what you came from, getting on top, getting this life that you, you know, thought was there. And then all of a sudden losing it in a way, right? Yeah. The family dynamic, yeah. I guess. No. Um, and just seeing who you are and, you know, you, you draw people into you. They, they are pulled to you. And I see that through social media and I get why, you know, just being in the presence with you today and um, you have an incredible energy about you and, you you move people yeah thank you you're welcome that that means a ton because as a lot of people know as a way that no one knows until you've gone through divorce like Mm -hmm. how much your world can come crashing down until your world comes crashing down and then it's like it's really hard to believe in yourself when like your spouse just bails on you like just Mm -hmm. like that's that uh that can destroy your whole world. But well, yeah. if, if you can <laughs> dig down deep and still keep believing in yourself, even when your spouse doesn't, mm-hmm. and, and maybe your why, like for me, it, my why used to be my family. And that was, a, that was a low blow to like, literally, I thought I was on top of the world. I developed a subdivision. Mm-hmm. I built my dream home. You did. And I had this, what some would say, like almost like this perfect life. And then... I turned 40. My wife buys me a Tesla for my 40th birthday as almost like a congratulations on like finally mm. getting the car that you've always wanted. And like, Hey, and then, and then they have father's day. Like I got served divorce papers at my office, like blindsided. Like no one, she never even sat me. I thought the guy that delivered the box to me, I thought he was messing with me. Mm. I literally thought, cause he got to my office. Like, here's this box. I was like, what's it? What, what is this? He's like, oh, your wife's divorcing you. I was like, whatever. You're like, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. I, I was like, no. He's like, oh, you didn't you didn't know? I was like, You're like Wait, this is a funny prank. Yeah, Come on. You're serious? And then I open it up and I, I see a note from her mm-hmm. and then I see this huge stack of papers. And I was like, oh, shit. And I grab the box. I go home crying. And I was like, what? What in the? That's another story later on. But it, but it was like, yeah. yeah, my life ended the day after Father's Day when I got served. Like, I was like, I ended I, that, here's a here's a thought that I didn't really know that I think most people have this thought, but like suicidal thoughts come to you during your divorce, yeah, like when it, when it happens. And, and I think people, whether they want to admit it or not, but it's what do you do with those thoughts when they come? Because like they right. came to me, but I, I, and I got scared a couple of times because I was like, okay, I can't marinate on this thought. Yeah. So for me, I turned to the gym, which is really weird, but I was like, I just gonna, I just started working out and it's, yeah. 
it was a good release. I lost 35 pounds in two and a half months. And wow. I was like, cause I just, I went to the gym when I got scared. Cause I, like, I got inside my head. I started yeah. thinking about things. I went to the gym cause that was a productive way to burn it off. But it's, right. that's a totally another journey. That's an entire another podcast for, yeah. but it's, but it's, uh, I honor anybody that's gone through that yeah. shit storm or that's in the middle of that or that's still figuring out the first year. Cause I'm still figuring that out. Like, I don't you know are. what's yeah. going on. I, I'm still in the middle of this. I don't oh, know man. what my happy ending is. I'm still yeah. like. You're, you're in the thick of it. And that's why it's so inspiring, right? Because of just all these ups and downs and you're just in the thick of it. And you're also in this really vulnerable space too, right? Mm-hmm. After you hit rock bottom and you're hurt and you're like, what the hell just happened? And you're, you know, just figuring stuff out. This is such a cool time because it's like, you're recreating, you get to recreate your life right now is what you want it to be. And without being married. Right. So it's, it's unfamiliar. Uh-huh. Very un- much. Very uncomfortable. Much so. Yes. Yes. But there's, I, the reason why I'm saying this is because I, I remember being where you are at a year, you know, yeah. let's see, two years ago. And, and now where I'm at, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like we're really similar in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I'm just really excited for you. Really excited for you. Just because you're going to freaking conquer whatever. You're going to meet the woman of your dreams in time. And you're, you're an amazing dad from what I can tell. And it's just, it's so like, I, I just am like so excited for you. I know you're like, don't be excited. <laughs> but like it, I am, you know, I don't, I know what happened and it's sad. And my heart aches for people who go through divorce and, you know, whether they cheat or they leave or someone passes, I, my heart does ache, yeah. but at the same time, it's such a cool experience. It's like this rebirth. I don't mm-hmm. know if that sounds weird or not to some people, but it is, you know, I, I, I can see that. And, and it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. Almost. It's weird. I'm literally having an aha moment right now on your podcast mm. of like, huh, uh, maybe this is, this podcast was for me, not for anybody else. So but I'm remembering the pain of like when my mom, because I almost kind of felt betrayed by my mom, like when she didn't let me come home. I was like, what do you mean I can't come home? Mm. Because when my wife divorced me too, like, what do you mean I can't live in this house I just built? And this is the subdivision that I developed. I was like, Ooh. and and now I'm getting kicked out of there, even though there wasn't an affair, there wasn't an addiction or abuse, like there was nothing. But I was like, why? Oh. I, I, I felt that was not fair. And, and... So I don't know, but at the time, 20 years ago, I'm glad that happened because like I, I discovered Holy shit. my possibility of what I could do, Yes. but, but I, it, oh my God, I still don't understand it though, because like, I felt uh, like I had already achieved, yeah. like, I felt like my life was pretty freaking amazing yeah. up until now. So I don't, I don't know. Oh, but do you see what you created up until when you got divorced? Yes. Holy fuck. I'm going to say it. I know. But now the age you are, right? Yeah. You're, you know what I mean? Like when we get in our thirties and forties, it's different. Like it's so true. different. This is true. This is true. This Holy is totally shit. True. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. I am, I am freaking out right now because I see what you're saying and Holy shit. You just wait. Oh my hell. I, so what I don't even know. Think? I don't even know. I don't even know what the chapter is. Cause like my head is still spinning. I'm just still trying to figure out what the hell is going on with my life. Like right now, but I'm like, but I am excited for the next chapter because like, like both like my ex, she deserves to be with somebody that she's in love with. Absolutely. She deserves to be with somebody that she's excited to be with. Yeah. And it's sad when they leave. 
And I deserve to be with somebody that's excited when I come home from work and is and sad when I leave and is excited to live this life and build this life together. And somewhere along the way, we lost that, apparently. Yeah. And I'm excited for her, somebody to find somebody that she's excited to be with because it wasn't me. And I'm excited somebody someday to be with somebody that's excited to be with me too. Like we both deserve, yeah. and I think everybody deserves to be with somebody yeah. that's like just, oh, they're just, that's your person. Yeah. And you're excited when they come home and you're mm-hmm. excited to have one-on-one time and you're sad when they leave and, yeah. and you get giddy when they text you. Like I, and I think we all deserve to be, we all deserve to be with somebody that celebrates us and not just tolerates us. Mm-hmm. I've talked about this recently because it's, it sucks being with somebody that just tolerates you. And mm-hmm. it's, it's exciting to be with somebody that celebrates you, that celebrates your vision, celebrates mm-hmm. your, your dreams and your goals and your aspirations. And those have to be in alignment. And if they're not in alignment, then that can suck. And that's not a very happy relationship to be in yeah, if, yeah. You're, if you're not in alignment with your goals. Mm-hmm. And, and I think everybody, any relationship that's, that's ended, like it's sad, but I think along the way, they, mm. their goals stopped being in alignment and they stopped celebrating each other Yeah, and they just were tolerating each other. And that's, that's what happened in my marriage too. And I take ownership of that. Like I stopped, like, yeah, we, we grew apart Yeah, and I am excited for, I don't know, which is weird. It's almost weird. Like how can we excited? Just you lost, you lost your family and you lost your house, you lost your kids. Like I know, but, but maybe, maybe. It was for the best. Maybe there's a reason, there's a purpose. There's there's some good that's going to come from this. I have no idea. Yeah, no. Well, of course. That's where you just allow and surrender and watch it unfold because see what you've already created. Holy shit. Yeah. And even too, like with picking a partner, you know how we talked about coaches, having a coach and mentor Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. you know, where you're working and surrounding yourself with. That's the same with a partner, right? Because you want a partner. For me, I've been, we talked about mm-hmm. this, right? Mm-hmm. I want somebody who has these, these high goals and, and visions of what they want to create in their life. And I want to be able to keep holding each other to this highest space, right? Yeah, I don't yeah. want someone who's not saying they're, I'm above or someone's below, but no. I want to be on the same path. Yeah. An equal partner to like. So we can see things in each other that we don't see within ourselves. So we can call each other out. So we can, you know what I mean? Suggest something They're like, oh, I didn't see that with myself. Oh, I'm going to do the book or whatever. Yeah. yeah. That also is valuable. That's, I, I would say that is your best mentor coach yeah. w- would be your partner because like they, yeah. there's someone that both loves you unconditionally, Mm -hmm. but they can see your blind spots because they're with you. Yeah. And, but they also see your true potential. And and also I I think being with the right partner, there's like an aliveness, the same way that I felt satisfaction when I helped my sales reps, like Mm -hmm. achieve their goals and reach their full potential. I think seeing your spouse, like achieve their goals and see like, ha ha ha, I can do this. Like when you see your person achieve those, there's, there's a, there's a feeling that like that can't yeah. replace that, that you're excited for them mm-hmm. when they achieve their goals. But if you're with somebody that you're not vibing and they yeah. achieve your goals, it's almost like meh. Yeah. And, and that's no fun. Like you, yeah. if you're achieving your goals and the person with you isn't celebrating, they, they, that's not fun for no. either of you. Like if you're reaching like your life long goals and you're like winning and they're not clapping, Something's wrong. Something's off. Something's off. Red flag. Yeah. If, if they're not yeah. clapping when you achieve your goals yeah. and you need to be helping them achieve their goals too. And, mm-hmm. and so I, 
I think we all we all need a cheerleader. We all need a cheerleader in our yeah. corner to help us like see what we're capable of and celebrate those victories along the way. Yeah. And not a referee that's like blowing the whistle and like saying, Yeah, but right. Yeah, but yeah. And and like that's that's no fun for either of you. Nope. Like you're oh, neither of you are gonna be happy yeah. if you're constantly just tolerating each other or if you're constantly like blowing the whistle, throwing yeah. in the flag, pulling out a yellow card, red card, or whatever yeah. sports knowledge you want to use. Like that's that's no way to live. Mm-mm. And and we all deserve to be celebrated, yeah, and have a a cheerleader that's like just there, just like hell yeah, yes. I knew you could do it, and I'm so proud of you. Like, let's go for more next time. Like, let's like well, like yeah. go bigger, go I don't know, like just yes. And the thing is, is for me, I'm like I want to keep that adventure alive in all aspects of my life. Mm-hmm. This is why you don't just max out at six. Yeah, you why say, stop as excels a day twenty? Yeah. Right? relationships, yep. same fucking thing. Yeah. You want to keep that adventure alive. Like for me, I'm, I, I always say, I don't fully want to know my person. And what I mean by that is, of course, I want to know my person. Yes. But I want to keep like, again, expanding and growing. Yeah. And so yeah, it yeah, keeps yeah. that adventure alive. Yep. So we keep seeing more, we keep seeing more and we keep grabbing it and, ru- and running with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not this... I'm just doing six. This is fun. Or our relationship's just a movie and we're going to sit. Yeah. I think where relationships die is that they, they get comfortable with like the same place. Like, Oh, let's go to cafe Rio on Friday nights. Yeah. And it's, it's a routine. And like even, even intimacy is routine and everything's routine. And I was like, where, where's the passion (laughs) and the excitement. And when everything is, you already know what to expect. Like that's, there's no adventure there. There's no adventure. There's no, no. excitement. There's no passion because it's that they're going through the motions. Mm-hmm. And people's careers are the exact same thing. Like they, they, they've lost the excitement in whatever the hell it is that they're doing. And, I, mm-hmm. and finding somebody yeah. that can ignite that passion yeah. uh, changes everything. It changes everything. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, Josh, woo, this woo. has been hot. This I'm is- <laughs> <laughs> this has been fun this has been so fun thank you so much do we want to add anything else uh just uh everyone just needs to like stop limiting and it sounds cheesy to say but like literally like stop yeah stop limiting yourself of mm-hmm. of of what just because you haven't done it in the past doesn't mean you can't do it now right and, and whatever your dreams are those ridiculous dreams that you you're afraid to tell people because like it's it, you're they're gonna laugh at you yeah you need to like do those mm-hmm. like you need to like literally 21 that we're calling next year 2021 whatever like yeah. you just need to go do it and yeah. just like go freaking surround yourself with other people that believe in you yeah find a mentor or coach that's going to tell you what you're missing yeah and just go freaking go after it yeah and and you know i want to add something to the 21 thing um if you have a pool now go do it now don't wait for 21 a pool like don't wait till oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. start doing it now no you know I, I, mean? I, I agree with you don't yeah. wait till january 1st yeah like, start start pull. Doing if you're it. being pulled to something oh, is yeah, what yeah, I yeah. Meant. okay you know what i mean like I had a friend that he was going to start a podcast in 21 and I'm like, well, wait, why would you wait a few why more months? Do it now? Just do it now. Yep. He took action. He started it. Ah, that's awesome. So why not make mistakes along the way? So that right. 21 comes along. You're like, you're already exactly. in the groove. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, I am so angry. All right, Josh. Well, if anybody wants advice from you or like to chat, can they just find you on social media or if like you have the best posts by the way. So Thank you. I enjoy yeah. living my life out loud on Facebook. Honestly, yeah. just oh. Josh Barnett on Facebook. There's, I don't know. Says, you just share really good insights on there and what you're going through. And it's, yeah, it people, people listen to you. It's good stuff. So. Thank you. I yeah. enjoy 
I, I enjoy paying attention to little things in life, yeah. little mistakes I've made along the way and just little perceptions. I have not arrived at all. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of things I have to work on. So I enjoy uh, sharing little things I notice about both me and other people and life is life's pretty exciting. So yeah, yeah. just Josh Bryant on Facebook okay. for now. Sweet. So anyways. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Well, this is awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. Okay.